Balboski here, and right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery Jr., and with me this week are my good friends, Ek2Fly, Eric Trembicki. Hello. Preptagon Jr., Josh Prep Igina. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. And Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. Uh, we have our Elimination Chamber review episode, but first, subscribe on iTunes, leave a five star rating and review. Um, before we get into the show, congratulations to Degeneration X on being named to the 2019 WWE Hall of Fame class. Any thoughts from anybody on WWE going into the Hall of Fame? Eck, because of your close <laughs> personal relationship with Billy Gunn. Shout out to WWE. I'm going to ask you first. <laughs> Pass, I'm, I'm happy that D-Generation X is going into the <laughs> WWE Hall of Fame. Um, no more deserving faction than them. Um, every mem- All six members that are being inducted deserve it wholeheartedly. Shawn Michaels becoming the second person to have two Hall of Fame rings. Uh, I'm very excited about it. I I don't think since Razor went in. I'm trying to think since when was the last time I've been this excited for the, someone in the ceremony. Like there's there's always Her? someone that you look forward to every year, but like this, I'm I'm really like above and beyond looking forward to. Yeah, Alo. I know this is a a big one. I'm sure for you too. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll address the elephant in the room when it comes to that, the whole China not going in alone thing. Uh, you can make that argument, and if anybody does, I'm not going to really argue with them because she does, she does deserve to be in there by herself as well. But uh, most of her tenure there was with the Generation X, except for about a year and a half or so. So um, she deserves to be in there single-handedly, alone and with dx now if they inducted dx without her that's a completely different story and you can complain about that but her being a part of dx because remember whenever they brought dx back as many times as they have in the last uh 13 years they never really showed china any any clips and stuff they, they kind of like cut her out of everything but that fact that on monday on raw they gave her that, that, they didn't cut her out of any of like the most iconic moments of DX. They show her being the force that she was, and I know. Listen, listen, I know this is like a big like debate between the internet, but one thing that I'm look I'm looking to because I usually don't watch the Hall of Fame. I like I'm, I like fast forward to certain people, but one thing I'm looking forward to is the genuine speech that they will give on her behalf at the Hall of Fame because whatever you, whatever you however you think of. However, whatever you think about Blake and the McMahons at this point, you already know that they're going to have like real fond words to say to China. And it would mean a lot to me if China got a nice portion of that segment dedicated to her. But I'm excited that DX is going in, and it's well deserved. Yeah, and I think the thing with China is like this is like the first step. Yeah. To me, this makes me feel like they're not going to keep her out. 
you know, anymore because yeah, well, she's she in, will but. be in, you know. Um, and prep, what? Uh, how weird is it that I'm assuming one of the people going in is going to be working for another company? Yeah, we saw Rusev make the joke that what T-shirt was Billy Gunn going to wear to the Hall of Fame speech. But for me, this is they're only doing this, in my opinion, to get China in. Like, China, Billy Gunn, and Road Dog, like, those guys aren't legends on their own. They're only legends when it comes to DX. Now, China, she can stand on her own, but there's that controversy. So they're like, you know what? We'll put DX in, and then that's how we'll get them all in. Ayla, what's up? Yeah, well, I don't agree with you on that because the outlaws on their own, they can get into the Hall of Fame. And remember, WWE is commercial. For, for crying out loud, Coco Beware is in the Hall of Fame. So X-Pac can get into the damn Hall of Fame. Coco could Beware. Coco Beware is better than both of those two guys. <laughs> I hate both of those guys. I don't think either one of them deserves it. Whoa, my oh. God. Then X-Pac? Are you out of oh, here? Oh, X-Pac, no. I'm talking about uh, yeah, Billy yeah. and Pre- Brian. Prep didn't bring, Pre- no. didn't bring Mr. Waltman into this. Yeah, yeah Prep didn't, I, I got- <laughs> yeah, Prep didn't say X-Pac, but he said the outlaw. But the outlaw is the team that can get in. For Edge and Christian, they were deemed the big the greatest team in WWE history so they can get in themselves so I'm not going to argue with anybody because everything you say is factual but just I'm just glad that she's actually getting in and it would be more hurtful if they inducted DX and she wasn't involved does anybody have a weird problem or am I the only one with like people going in twice um, no I don't care because if they're going in for something specific the second time, because factions, they should be enshrined, too. So if your faction was a big deal and like kind of changed the world of wrestling and there's only a, probably a handful of those, then you should be in the Hall of Fame. As a so team. then that, you think the outlaws count as just the outlaws without DX? See, now, see, that's different. Because that's, that's rough. Because I, can I, don't, be I don't see the outlaws. Like, can, I don't see can the, Billy Gunn be in as Billy Gunn as an outlaw and as a member of DX? Yeah, see, if you inducted the outlaws as a tag team, fine, but not individually. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you. I I see the outlaws going in as a, as a tag team, but I see what you, I see your point. But as far as factions, if your faction is only like what five real factions that change the world of wrestling. So, I mean, it, this is only the second faction ever go in. Yeah. So, and you got to so, you got to assume the NWO is going in maybe next year. So Aaron made the comment earlier about not really watching the Hall of Fame ceremony and or maybe skipping through it. I think it was like eight, nine years ago. It was like 2011, 2012 when the horsemen went in. And I believe, I can't remember the exact members that went in, but there was five people up there. JJ Dillon even made a speech. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of horsemen that have been around there. They addressed that. They talked about some of the people that couldn't be up there to stand. Some of the people that couldn't talk. The thing that I, when I first heard about this induction i in my heart but this is because the huge fandom for dx for the first like second i read it like damn like x-pac deserves to go in by himself like should have should already be there i mean if people make the argument so much and i'm not saying he doesn't deserve but for the past couple years christian has been like the forefront of like people people that everyone says needs to go in so if like you're gonna make the argument christian should be in there Xbox deserves that. I mean, if you think of what he did in like the, what is it? The new generation era, the attitude era, NWO, what he did with WCW, what he did with WWF. 
Um, he, he was a focal point of the Attitude Era. He was a focal point of Monday Night Raw. Um, he deserves to be in there. The, the New Age Outlaws, one of my favorite tag teams of all time. They deserve to be in there. So I'm thinking of those three guys. Now, with Prep just making the comment about people going in multiple times, I really, if they're going in all together in DX, I highly doubt unless it's eight years or longer down. The, I don't see those three going in again. This is a nice, good way to put them all in. Um, I listen to Xbox show every week. I haven't listened to this week's episode, but he always, um, you know, he has guests on all the time. People that are NXT wrestlers, people involved with AEW, people that are on the WWE roster. And they always ask him questions about when he's going into the hall of fame. He gets choked up every time. And he always says, you know, I, I could be dead when that happens. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, and I know this means a lot to him. So I'm all for China going in. I'm happy she's going in, but I think, you know, yes, she's gone. There's going to be a special moment there, but those three other mid card wrestlers who I've been a fan of since I was giving cross chops in first grade to <laughs> kids on the recess yard. Um, all three of those avidly deserve to be in there. And I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing, you know, especially because from the early two thousands to now, you know, a lot of them have had rocky relationships with WWE and they've been forgiven and came back in different, different scenarios. Um, they all deserve to, their spot in there. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. A big part of my like rebellious late teens, uh, <laughs> like they, they actually mean something to me. Like that song, means something to me like it spoke to me at that time in my life um so yeah i individually i'm not a big fan of all of them but as a group they definitely deserve to be in there and i'm happy to see it yeah i'm glad to see the x-pac and his educated feet are getting in <laughs> and um hell of an athlete yeah cooking in the hiccup but uh <laughs> but uh yeah uh one thing back to the whole like the moment they'll give probably give china i wonder who they'll have speak uh, of course uh, why am i saying that of course triple will speak but me personally i would love if x-pac was the one to say something he's a guy that i could see them like pushing him out to do it mm-hmm. because he's he's kind of like the the lowest guy on the totem pole there well, like well, obviously well, triple h is a huge deal obviously hbk is known by many to be like the greatest ever uh billy gunn worked there for a really long time uh brian works there now and x-pac is like kind of the last guy so i think well, that they will be happy to push him out there no i think well i think triple h will do it because of the whole controversy that came out with that um if you guys want actually want to hear about that bruce Pritchard oh you mean to it. talk about china yes oh i thought you just meant to do like most of the talking i think they're oh, gonna no, try to I meant highlight china. x-pac no I, okay. meant, I, no, I, no I meant when they like give their their moment to china i think x-pac should be the one to actually talk about it. but i already know that they're probably sending triple h out there because of the he might bring whole... stephanie out like steph you want to <laughs> you want to say a couple words i feel like both of them probably want to want to take credit <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Well, Stephanie wasn't DX, so but she wasn't showing that graphic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would love if Xbox got to talk because I know he was the last one really with her, and like the whole reality show stuff. He talks about that all the time, how they chopped that that bit up on that reality show and made him look like such a huge villain. But I think that they'll have. I think that Triple H is going to be the one to actually have all, say most of the things. And if anybody could put together a soliloquy, it's, it's Triple H, and. 
Well, well I, I lost my train of thought just now. <laughs> He's going to say she used to eat, sleep, breathe <laughs> this, this business. This business. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And like I said about her, him having to do it, Bruce Pritchard did an excellent episode on, uh, was, I think it was a couple months ago in December. It was an episode of When Hunter Met Steph. And he, well, when, well, when Hunter married Steph. And he went through the whole timeline of Triple H and Stephanie, the storyline from end of 1999 to 2000. One when she bought when she bought the alliance and they hit on the whole China thing. So if you guys have listened to it, I think that uh, you guys would get a really enjoyed because there's like things that weren't told in that story. Some things China says happened that didn't actually happen that way because Bruce Pritchard was the producer backstage in a part of Tower Relations. So if you guys want to check that out and hear more about that, then that's a great episode to actually listen to. Um, yeah, tumultuous times at that time in WWF. Yes. Um, who, who do you think inducts DX? I don't know. I was thinking about that earlier. I'm really not sure. Like, I, I, has there? Vince ever inducted anyone? I think Vince inducted Austin. My, my guess was Michael Cole. Oof. God. Because Real buzzkill. <laughs> no, no, because he was DX's little bitch when they first came out. So that, that's why I said Michael Cole. Um... They used to toss him around like it was nothing. I, I would love if it was Brad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, another rumor, but I'm guessing since there's already faction going in, um, the Hart Foundation, just Jim and, and Brad Hart, is highly rumored. And that's another way to and get Jimmy Hill in. Oh, yeah, and Jimmy Hart. But they leave Pillman, Bulldog, and Owen out. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh... But, I mean, that tag team is arguably one of the most popular tag teams of all time, and that way they pay homage to, you know, Jim. You know Natty would love that. Wasn't Jim in already? No. Okay, I thought he was in. Yeah, I don't think he is. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see who who does the honor. (laughs) Well, well, as a kid from the 80s, well-deserved. He was one, one one of my first faves. Yeah, I enjoyed, like, when we were reading WrestleMania 6 last year, I was like at the highlight of it. It was Coco Beware. Oh, yeah, you, you could tell my wrestling sensibilities have always been <laughs> pre- pretty, silly. yeah. <laughs> yes. I always like the, yeah, the pageantry of it more than anything. Um, so we have to give our ratings for the show. Alo, by any chance, is there anyone who's willing to tell the listeners what our rating system is? Yes, he is a person who actually should have been in the hall of fame years ago the greatest voice in wrestling his <laughs> in the greatest announcer in wrestling history he's Wait, not in the hall of fame no todd pettingale <laughs> <laughs> yes no. he's about to breathe some life into the show or scott stanford <laughs> oh god doc oh, hendricks god. Doc Hendricks. Oh, man, so good. But no, his name is The Fink. The following podcast has a rating system in place. If it's a horrible show, it gets a jobber. If the show falls somewhere in the middle, it gets a slobber knocker. And if it is an amazing show, it gets the rating of ratings. It will get a show stopper. Thank you, Howard. Yes, Howard, thank you as always for that little intro. Um, Alo, would you like to give the first rating for Elimination Chamber 2019? Yeah, uh, I'm going to give Elimination Chamber a slobber knocker. Uh, 
I only was invested in one match, and I missed it when I got the X, because you know I'm always late. So uh, I had to rewatch. I had to rewatch it, and um, we'll, I don't want to get into all my thoughts right now because I'm sure we'll break that whole match down with the women's that being the women's elimination chamber. But I thought that match was like what it had to be. I, I enjoyed everything that happened in that match. With the rest of the card, it was like hit or miss. I thought the tag team title match or well, the SmackDown tag title match invested like a lot of emotion, and I love that. Finn Balor is actually something now. Because <laughs> in that in that situation, the title does make somebody because he needed he needed to be made a long time ago, and now he's actually made right now. The smack the rise of Co- the, well the surgence of Kofi Kingston in the main event I thought was really great. How the fans got behind him in the heartfelt moment at the end of the show, I thought that was fantastic. But uh, it was just like like we said, like some of the matches were kind of like thrown together, like the, like the Raw Women's Title match with with Ronda Blade against uh, Ruby Riot that. You said that'll be a squash, so I, I'll give I'll give you credit for that. But <laughs> it wasn't much, so all I asked show was thrown together. But I'll just give it a slobber knocker. Yeah, Eck. Let me give it a slobber knocker as well. Um, a lot of commotion, uh, kind of hard to pay attention to in some ways. It, it fell flat. It, also, in a bunch of matches, there was definitely flat moments. The show was thrown together, ended early, but. I think if you pick and choose and try to be optimistic, I think with either chamber match, they were, you know, decent at, in, at worst, they could have been, you know, some people could look at them as they were good, but cause those chamber matches aren't really normally good, except for like the first two, um, <laughs> you know, take the show for what it is. Prep. What about you? Yeah, it was a two match show for me. I didn't watch, much of it because I was way too invested in the UFC card. But for what I saw, I mean, we'll get into the matches later, but I'm just going to give it a slobber knocker. There was one moment where it was way too big for me, and I I was watching wrestling like I used to. <laughs> so I had to give it at least a slobber knocker. I can't give it a jobber because of that. Yeah, you know, you guys know by now, I'm always tempted to give a jobber, and I love to give a jobber, but there was enough on here that was good to make it a slobber knocker. So I'm going to go with a slobber knocker. Uh, so we all pretty much in, in agreement that the show was fine. There was some stuff on it that was good, some stuff on it that couldn't have mattered any less. Uh, Alo touched on Kofi Kingston. I would guess that that's probably like the... The, the high point of WWE this week is Kofi had the, the big moment last week in the gauntlet match, followed by becoming, like, the, the fan favorite at Elimination Chamber. Um, and I just want to say, my, my entire life of, like, watching sports, watching TV, watching movies, watching wrestling, some of, like, the teams, players, characters, whatever, that I hold, like, most dear... Uh, it stems from a really heartbreaking loss. Um, And Kofi seems to have kind of achieved that with the fans. Like, that almost might have been better for him than if he had won on Sunday night because people are now, they want to see him in the main, well, not in the main event, but in this match at WrestleMania. They want to see him get a world title, and now people are really behind him. Um, He gets the pin on Daniel Bryan on Tuesday in the, the six-man tag has a title shot at Fastlane. Unfortunately, 
it feels like this might end up being something that's like hot for a month and then it's gone. Um, Prep, what what is what is your feeling on that? Pash, I bit on this so hard. I enjoyed every second of it. I thought Kofi looked great, and the crowd really made that match. They made you believe that Kofi was going to win. And I put my smark aside, I put my IWC aside, and I really just watched that end, hoping that Kofi was going to win that match. And he didn't, which was heartbreaking. But I don't, I don't know if I feel the same as you. Like, I, for some reason, I have this optimism that they could change the title at Fastlane because they have other plans for WrestleMania. Hmm. So, so that was my feeling. It's like he goes to Fastlane, loses, and then it's done. But you think he might actually win the title at Fastlane? Yeah, this story might be too good to pass up that WWE can't even change. Can't even like miss it. <laughs> uh, Eck. Uh, to piggyback off what Prep just said, I, mean, I, I kind of did get hooked into it. Um, I, I loved last week when when he had the Seth Rollins like gauntlet performance. Um, he he shined in the match. They had the nice sad moment where you know his New Day brethren came to his side after the match, and you know just pretty much hyped up how good he did in there. And, you know, he was hard on himself. It is one of those things, you you, you know, you really want to bite into and, and hope for the best. I'm scared. It's one of those like Rusev day things. Like Rusev had that one-off spin, like two week feud for the title last year against AJ Styles. But, um, I don't know, kind of, kind of like, like you were saying, whether you're watching wrestling, whether you're watching sports, if there's a story to get invested in, you kind of got to do what Prep's doing and put everything to the side and, you know, just kind of be a fan for a little bit. Yeah, the one thing that I think may work in Kofi's favor and, like, our favor if we are invested in this and want to see them do something with Kofi, WWE is clearly, like, scrambling right now to get people to care. Like, there were reports that Raw was a mess this week, that the, the script didn't get finished until minutes before it aired. They randomly called up four nxt guys so maybe them maybe their like desperation for lack of a better word to try to make people care will make them invest a little more in kofi alo your thoughts on the match and your thoughts on where this goes for kofi kingston yeah i I thought the match was fine but like trap i was more invested into the whole kofi kingston being the last man left and uh i kind of agree with prep this might even though I don't think they're going to put the, the belt on Kofi because WWE is a business and uh, they got to sell WrestleMania. And I don't think they're going to trust. They, they don't trust Kofi Kingston to sell WrestleMania, even though he's in probably the biggest money thing they have in the new day. But this might be something that you really can't pass up for the fans to be behind Kofi like this. Cause the SmackDown crowd was was way better than the Raw crowd. I'm sure we'll get to that Raw because the crowd, that Raw crowd was terrible. Oh my god, they were horrendous. They didn't pop for anything. Jesus Christ! And, and if we get to that, I had some points about that. But yeah, like this might be something that they can't pass up on because we talked about even last week how Woods' whole point with the New Day was to get Kofi WB Championship, and the emotion that Woods and Big E showed after that match really put that over the top for me because this was like Kofi's big big break because Kofi hasn't had a WWE title match in at least eight years. 
So this was like a big deal to him. And then the fact that he was the last man inserted and put put on that performance in a gauntlet match and a elimination chamber and the, the fact that he pinned Brian on SmackDown, that sh- and the crowd was completely on his side. So that might actually force me to actually think maybe we should actually try this and like Eric always says just give it to him for the day and give it back to the other guy on Tuesday as much as I hate that that just might be a situation you have to do just to say he did it but no either way either way people will still complain do you think that they knew going into that show that they were closing the pay-per-view with Kofi or do you think Uh, they felt during the show like oh I feel like we have to do this well, you mean you mean that with that being main event or Kofi being the last one? I mean, like Kofi. So the show closed with Kofi and the New Day. Okay. Like they made a big deal out of Kofi. Like that when you when you when that pay per view went off the air when it finished, I felt like this was Kofi Kingston's night. Do mm-hmm. you think that was their plan going in, or do you think the crowd got so invested they decided during the show, you know what? I think we have to do this. Well, I think that was the plan because remember, I, I, remember, I, I've been saying for a couple of weeks now that AJ's facing Randall at WrestleMania, and they planted they planted the seeds for that. So everything, everybody else in that match was kind of like whatever. They got they got Joe out quickly. He wasn't really doing anything. Ali was was hurt, so it was whatever with that. And then Kofi's performance in that Gauntlet match, they, they probably threw Kofi a bone and said, "Hey, let's let Kofi build off what he did on SmackDown and finish and finish the match." But I don't even mean just finishing the match. I mean them going above and yeah, beyond. That, yeah, that that too. Yeah. Okay. I I, I wholeheartedly believe they know what they were doing. Yeah. See, I never trust that they know what they're doing. But I'm I glad know, they did it. I don't think, I don't think going into SmackDown or going into the week, they even thought Kobe Kingston was going to be the last man. I think it was due to the social media outpour that they were like, you know, I think they just were like, you know, he can go in the ring. We're going to let him sign on Tuesday. And then all that stuff happened on social media. Okay. Well, maybe he won't be the first one eliminated, not the second, not the third. And then I think it just naturally or organically, it was like, all right, let's let him be the last one there. And I didn't even think of it that way, but I think there could be the chance Vince was sitting there in gorilla and you see all the crowds acting and he'd be like, biggie, Xavier, get, get out there. Langston. Woods, get your asses out there. <laughs> Bring your PhD. <laughs> I, I was happy to see it, though. Like like I said, I've, I've been talking about this for a while. Woods being so adamant that he wants to see Kofi get a world title. It really was almost like a vindication of, like, this guy is a lot better than he's gotten to be in this company. Um, I would love to see him win the title at Fastlane. I think that would be amazing. If that's what they did. And obviously there are not many guys in the company that deserve it more than him at this point. He's been there forever. The New Day has been such a big part of what that company does for so long. I feel like it needs to be rewarded with with something like that. I feel like the the three of them deserve to, to get that. Um, now I mentioned a few minutes ago the, the company seems to be scrambling and trying to grasp at something. There were a bunch of debuts on Raw and SmackDown this week. Uh, everybody on social media seemed really excited about it. I think it's really cool for those four guys. Um, I hate to pour cold water on it, but I don't think it has all that much meaning. I don't think talent on the roster has been the problem for WWE. I think there's more than enough talent. Alo has talked a lot about this is a TV show and people need to understand that. 
and it's a bad TV show. <laughs> like, I bring up all the time, if Insecure stops being entertaining, I'll stop watching it. When The Walking Dead stopped being entertaining, I stopped watching it. These are shows that one is a half hour long, the other one is 60 minutes long. This is a three-hour show we're talking about on Monday nights, and it's bad, which is why for another week I have not watched it because I feel like there's no reason. Um, Because who wants to watch a three-hour show that sucks? Um, And I'm sorry, but like Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Aleister Black, and Ricochet are not going to just make the show good. Um, It's just not going to happen. They're going to be treated the same way all these other guys have been treated. Talent is not good wrestlers. Good talent is not the problem. It is the show is bad. And they're just put onto a bad show. Yeah. Quick thing going off of that. And we talk about this all the time. I know Eric said a couple, a few weeks ago that they don't need new superstars or call ups or whatever on the main roster. I think they do, but at the same time, they need to get rid of a lot of people. On the on the main on the main rosters, but then but at this point they're not letting anybody go because, like I said, it's a TV show. But for the, how long can we watch the same guys go out there? Like Ron, you're you always say it's 2018 or mm-hmm. 2019. 19, yeah. Why is Rey Mysterio being Andrade Cianamos? Why is Jeff Hardy still being this guy? And if you look at some of the guys on the roster with their ten years, for example, Sheamus has been there for ten years. Cesaro's been there for eight years. They've been a team for the last three years. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, he's been there 11 years. You still see these guys on a weekly basis in, in, main, in like main spots. How long can you actually see the same thing every, every week for every year? So you got to kind of bring these new guys up. But at the same time, you got to kind of phase the old ones out. But WWE is so big now, there's always going to be a spot for – those older guys, whether they're wrestling or working behind the scenes, there's always going to be a spot for those guys, and that's where it gets convoluted for the new for new call ups because those are guys that should have at least some attention for the first few months, and those older guys back in the, in the who wants to see uh, you're going to want to say uh, that last sentence again. Well, I said, like, he wants to know your favorite show. All right, for example, for example, I'll, I'll use Power Rangers. As much as I love Jason David Frank, I could not watch him for eleven years straight on on a weekly basis on regular episodes. <laughs> I just couldn't. Well, yeah, like the, so. The thing is, guys that have been there 10, 11 years, you would hope are big stars by now that people really care about. They're just guys. Like Dolph well, Ziggler is not somebody that the average casual fan is like, yes, I need to tune in to see what Dolph Ziggler's doing this week. It's not, it's not even that. It's just the fact that at a certain point, go away. <laughs> like, we, we talked, I talked about three weeks ago about peaks. But Ron's point is there's a big part of the roster that needs to just go away. Yeah, I, I'm saying that too. But, but at the same, uh, what I'm saying is, God, I lost my train of thought again. <laughs> All right, well, while you're thinking about it, I, 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 I Ron, I do want to say, so... Uh, again, Aaron mentioned a couple weeks ago, I I don't believe WWE needs call-ups. I always think, you know, NXT is not in that, you know, picture-perfect spot it was in 2015, but it's still so good. It's not, like, must-see, but, like, the takeovers are must-see. The in-ring work is going to be amazing. So this is where I will tip the hat to um, the old alcohol. So... <laughs> 
Monday night. It's funny. Um, you know, I give good friend of the show, Richie, a lot of credit. He had uh, a beautiful line years ago on the show where he said, um, watching WWE is like an abusive relationship. And I like to look at it like this way. There's 52 episodes of Raw a year. So let's say whether you got it on DVR or if you're watching it live or you're streaming it, if you watch it day of, and I'll probably say there's 52 episodes in a year. I probably watch 48 the night of, if not more. I watch 48 of them. But I swear, as a fan, out of those 48 episodes, you're probably like, there's 40 that, are, that, that aren't good. Some are really bad, but just some of them really aren't good. So I always feel like the ones you miss, the, the episodes I miss are always good. <laughs> I'll never forget. I missed the episode. Kevin Owens won the universal title. Kicked, I kicked myself in the ass the next day. So I'm out at the bar on the way home. I'm not driving. I'm in the passenger seat and I pull up on my phone and go to raw. No, right before I go to raw, I scroll past Instagram and I thought somebody must've Photoshopped something. I see the revival is going to be facing DIY, but I see them with their NXT belts and you know, it's got the raw banner. So I'm like, wow, like th- this can't really be happening. This is this is like an edit. <laughs> so I'm actually excited. I'm like, oh, I got to go on now. So I'm going to stream it, and I see them in the ring. Johnny Gargano's getting kicked by one of the guys from the revival. Um, you know, goes to a commercial to come back. They're getting it in. Now, the mistake and the excitement here was I misread when I saw this thing that was an edit. I thought. I read that this was a Raw Tag Team Champions match. <laughs> so, oh, Mar- um, Marcus was all over that. <laughs> Raul and I uh, literally we like pull up, I think, to the parking spot, and like the match is going to the finish. And I was like, Nah, I can't believe they're gonna let him kick out of this. One, two, three. I was like. <sighs> Yeah, so a whole you bunch of they obscenities. The, the titles. <laughs> I thought I thought they showed off with the two NXT straps and won the Raw Tag Team titles one week after Revival won it. I, I thought that was huge, and I thought that was cool. That was something that it, it doesn't make sense. Like I, I'm sitting here still trying to figure out why they're there, and then Alistair backs there. Uh, Ricochet had the match earlier in the night. I didn't see that, but I you know found that through social media. And to me, this was just this was cool. This was like. I'm beating myself up. Like I got to find the clip where triple H says, Hey, these guys are going to be here. I don't even know which guy said these four guys from NXT are going to be here tonight. Um, the DIY, or I don't even know if they're going by that, but the Gargano and Ciampa match with revival, um, you know, paying homage to that NXT rivalry. That's exciting, man. That, that was good stuff when it was on NXT. And I hate to say like, it should be good stuff when the main roster, but typically it's not. And I, I know we all know that, you know, we've seen them bring feuds up from NXT and they weren't good, but I don't know. And again, I, I'll tip the hat to alcohol. I think, you know, after a couple of beers, you see that. And I was, I was excited. I was invested. Yeah. Prep. Do you think these four guys, one, we don't, we have no idea if they are long-term going to be on these, one of these two shows, but do you think these four guys like make an actual difference on these shows? So rumor is that they're pulling triple duty till Mania, like or at least till the super, Superstar Shakeup. So I mean I don't know about a difference, 
I know that this congests the show a lot. If you have to showcase these guys every week, a lot of people are not going to be on TV because that takes time. Like, you're telling me you want Ricochet to bust out a nine-minute match and do everything, plus have DIY facing all these tech. Like, it's just, I don't know what they're going to do. A lot of people are not going to be on TV. Like, look at, like, the whole Zack Ryder and um, Kurt Hawkins story. Like, there was a story building there. It was obvious that they were going to be the next tag team champions. But now what? <laughs> now, they don't yeah, have that like, claim uh, anymore. Yeah, I'm glad Prep said something about that. Because the whole DIY getting back together thing, that was teased a bit on NXT. But, like, the fact that Chomp was, like, full-fledged full fledged face on Roman and it was kind of funny. But then that kind of, on the next set of NXT tapings, that kind of gets a little bit all figured out because they announced a Dusty Tag Team Classic and DIYs in it. So that kind of fixes up that a little bit. But like Prep said, uh, Ricochet to do his full arsenal in nine minutes, which he, which I thought he did a good job this week, but the crowd was just dead for everything because I thought Ricochet had a great show and I thought DIY and Revival had a great match, but the crowd didn't react to anything. They were completely terrible. And I do remember what I said about my, before about my train of thought. It was about everybody's peak and how everybody's like they got their chicken and got out, but these guys like they're legit wrestlers. They never really they peaked, but their peak their peak ceiling wasn't that high, so they're just staying around, and that affects the TV show. Because like I said, nobody wants to see Dolph Ziggler wrestling the same match eleven years later. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm just I have been disinterested in it for the entirety of this podcast, except for one week he had a match against the Miz on SmackDown that I was into, and that's it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's cool for them. I'm sure it's like a dream come true for them to get to walk out on Raw and to be on SmackDown, but to me, everybody who's so excited about it that thinks that, oh, yeah, it's like a new time in WWE, I would not uh, get your hopes up too much. Um, and Prep, as I think I would consider you the person who has fluctuated the most on his feelings about Ronda Rousey. On the show. Um, and I don't say that in, like, a bad way. Like, you didn't want her around WWE at all. Then you were, like, fully sold on her for a while. And then you were like, I'm done with it. She has the... Uh, I said last week I thought this match on the Elimination Chamber was going to be just a squash and an angle. That's what it was. Uh, where are you with this whole women's triple threat that's going to happen at WrestleMania? I hate it. Um. Did you hate the angle on Sunday, or you just hate the whole thing? The angle on Sunday was cool. You, I mean, you, you really saw what they were trying to do with Becky, like putting her in handcuffs. There's that picture where it's like her in handcuffs, smiling with the security guards in Austin, (laughs) and handcuffs, smiling with the cops. Like we get it, but Ronda, I am done with her. (laughs) The match match with Ruby. The match with Ruby Riot on the pay-per-view was terrible, like the worst squash I ever saw. And then what's the point? She goes on Raw after the beatdown, and she has a competitive match with Ruby Riot that was also really bad. <laughs> like, so the good match was bad, too. <laughs> the good match. How, how's the cross-body prep? Oh, I was so scared. I was crazy. <laughs> like me? Oh, man. Like me watching MMA. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm done with her, Pash. I'm done. 
I don't want to see her no more. Like, is there anything that could happen with her that would change your mind again, or it's it's a wrap? Yeah, she could leave and go do movies, and then I'll <laughs> She can go do another Entourage movie. Or she could break up with Travis Brown, and I'd be okay. All right. Hey, hey Turtle. <laughs> yeah, Travis Brown, who has not won a fight more recently than me. Um, Eck? Anything yes. anything about this that like jumps out to you as good? Anything that you don't like? I, enjoy, I enjoyed the segment at, uh, at the chamber. Um, Richie was with Aaron and I, and he's freaking out. Why are they getting along? They should hate each other when, you know, they're, they both have the crutch. And, you know, it, it, it's one of those things. Commentary says it all the time, whether it's on NXT, Raw, or SmackDown. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Or, and you know I'm sitting here, and then and then you get the turn. I, I thought it was well executed. I thought Becky looked great. I don't hate Ronda like my good friend <laughs> Prep does. I'm gonna leave him alone. It's his birthday. <laughs> and Alo, where do you fall? Uh, the segment was fine. I didn't have a problem with it. I, I just find it funny that Becky just is suspended but gets. In the building somehow, somewhere all the time, with at least no like, resistance at all. Exactly. I'm like, how do you not catch her on crutches? That's that's just a nitpick. But how, how the hell does she catch her on crutches? Just very slowly makes her way out of the crowd, over the barrier, into the ring, and nobody even tries to stop her. Yeah, at least Austin would like do the most. Like I saw like a smart, but at least Austin would do like the most to get into the arena. But. I, I, I thought it was fine. I'm glad they happened on, on a live event because, like, sometimes a lot of those live event things, they go unnoticed. But I'm glad they actually brought that up. It actually puts more heat on Charlotte. But that, that's about it. This match was a squash. Like I said, I give you credit for that. About That was your prediction. And uh, the whole Sonya Blade thing, is like it was whatever because she's voicing Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat 11. But it, it was whatever. And I'm not uh, – before we – I don't want to move too far away from Charlotte, but – what do you guys think is going to happen with the Ric Flair celebration? Do you think that's something for Charlotte and Becky and Ronda, or do you think that's something for to plant seeds for Batista thing in Triple H? I would just rather see Becky ruin it. Um, I assume Becky ruining it, but I, I like I like the alternative. I'll probably be the odd one out. Because like, I don't think they've announced anybody who's going to be there for them. They just keep they've, they've been making a big deal about this whole thing for like three weeks. I'm just wondering who's it going to involve. Is it going to involve the women or is it going to plant teach Batista thing? But if I had to put my money on anything, I would put the women because they put the women in the focal point. I heard that they were going to call you to come and celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't hate it. This year, as I would have in recent years if it was Batista, because he really has won me over with his performance as Drax in the uh, Marvel movies. So, Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Drax? Batista. Is that a basketball player? No, yes. no. It's actually a comic book character that Phil Brooks was writing for about a year. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> the guy on commentary during Mike Jackson's match. Yes, that Look guy. at the back of your leg. <laughs> As a oh, quick that's his real name? Yeah, yes, Phil. Phil Brooks. Um, he was just in AC this weekend. Oh, really? I wanted to go, but it was like $80 to sit in the nosebleeds. I'm like, are you kidding me? Not I many things are worth that. C-level MMA show? <laughs> yeah, not worth it. 
Um, How you doing, Pat? <laughs> yeah, I'm just... I'm a huge fan of Becky. I'm just still not really into the whole thing. I told you, I said last week, this, I'm not, like, mad about the Charlotte thing. I'm not getting pissed off thinking that Becky's not going to get to be at WrestleMania. I'm just, like, super disinterested in the whole thing now. Um, I was going to move on to the women's Elimination Chamber match, but it seemed like you had something else you wanted to say about Charlotte. Alo. <laughs> I have nothing to say. Oh, I thought you said you didn't want to move too far away from Charlotte. Oh no, um, it was about the about the, the Rick's birthday thing. Oh, okay. Um, so the women's elimination chamber for the inaugural tag team championships. I believe the right team won based on the significance of it. Uh, I thought that the match was really good. They gave them thirty three minutes, which I was impressed by. I thought everybody had a chance to shine. I feel like I could not have been more right about my excitement for the Fabulous Glow team. I thought their entrance was great. That entrance was everything. (laughs) I thought they looked like a good tag team, too. The only teeny, teeny, tiny nitpick that I have with the match, I thought it would have been amazing if when the Iconics were just dominating for like five minutes or whatever, if Nia and Tamina came in and just destroyed them immediately. I thought that would have been hilarious. No, but see, when I get my thought, my, see, my fact, I, I, no, I, I love the fact that that, that happened because I love the fact that they went and hid in the pod. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was funny, but like my initial thing was they're gonna destroy everybody and then just get squashed the second these two get in. I thought that would have been funny, but the, yeah, them my, hiding my in the pod pick, was good. Yeah, my net pick was there was no dance break when Carmella and Naomi cleaned house. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think I, I noticed that at at the moment. Um, Eck. I just wanted Corey to talk about Carmella the way he talks about Mandy. <laughs> yeah, I feel like now he can't do it. No, he can. He can because his divorce is about to be final. That, that, that wasn't the initial report. Oh, yeah, so Mello- I did see that. But I feel like yeah. now he can't. Like, I feel like he's in a position where he can't really acknowledge oh, yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, shout out to a man doing it right, finally. <laughs> and the women trying to make him look bad. Like, uh, so wrong. Terrible. Yeah. Mm. Prep, how did you feel about this women's elimination chamber match? Well, my favorite team coming out of it was the Riot Squad. I thought they looked really good in that match. Like, Liv Morgan, I feel like, I guess because expectations are so low for her, every time she looks good in a match, I'm like, yo, I want to see her versus this person. I want to see her versus that person. Like, And I feel like she has a lot of potential. She does. I I agree with that. I think that so I got to see her in a tag match at the Performance Center when she was still Gianna Daddio. And I remember she was obviously very early in her career at that point. And I remember thinking like there there's something there. I think I felt that about the Iconics. I felt that about her. I still think that there is potential there with her. It's just a matter of whether she gets an opportunity to reach it. Um I feel like the match definitely exceeded my expectations, but they they did it now. Like, there are women's tag team champions. The moment is cemented in WWE history. They have video they can forever show of the first tag team champions for the women. My question is, like, now what? Like, is this going to matter come WrestleMania even in less than two months? What do you I guys feel think? like 
I feel like they'll do a good job pushing it, especially having Bailey and Sasha there. Like, spoiler alert, they went down to NXT to go talk or whatever. So if they're going to go to every brand and have a match, like, that's what I want to see. Like, I'm kind of upset that they didn't capitalize it on um, SmackDown because that title should be on every show. Agreed. Eck, do you have hopes that they will? this will continue to matter? I, I agree with what Prep said. I think, you know, the fact that they're going to bounce around on the brands gives it hope. I think the fact that they're going to give them the chance, and if I didn't state it already, they definitely put them on the right, the right team. Um, I think virtually any other choice would have been foolish. I mean, you figure with the fandom those two girls have for the business, the fans and legions of fans they have for themselves. It's just, it was the right people to be the first women's tag team champions. Um, if anything, I'm more worried about the SmackDown SmackDown live women's title, because that thing is so forgotten about right now. At this point, <laughs> at this point, you're going to have one main card women's title. That's going to ma- matter. And then the tag titles are going to matter, but poor Asuka, she's real lost in the shop. Going to be on the pre-show at WrestleMania. <laughs> She might not even make the pre-show. She's gonna. Be I thought you'd a, be excited for the match that's gonna happen. I mean, me, I'm excited me for Mandy. To, I, I, I'm excited for Mandy to to beat her, but she's gonna look right with the title. I need her to get that, you know, get that picture wearing the belt. Nothing else. I, I actually, I said it a couple of weeks ago. Um, you guys know my um, obsession with the replicas. I don't have a women's title like Aaron and Pash both have. But my uh, my first one's gonna be a smack, SmackDown live one once Mandy gets it. <laughs> yeah, tell her to se- send me a nude and a signature. You're gonna see Mandy in the uh, Austin Aries spot from WrestleMania a couple years ago. <laughs> just wasted away on on the pre-show. <laughs> and just just another, just another thing to validate my disinterest in watching WWE. Alo. Um, you do think that they are going to be invested in these titles, though? Yeah, for this the fact that they bounced around, well, they're going to bounce around, is, is important because you might not have time on one show, but it's important that you'll be involved on at least two of the shows. So, for example, if they're on Raw and Wrestle Fine, but if they are, but at least have them like have a video package on SmackDown, or let's say a team, two teams compete, then they cut a promo, then you have Sasha and Bailey on. A, pre-recorded on the screen that's fine as long as like they're being ingratiated on two of the three brands a week i think is fine now i don't know about you pash but i kind of got choked up <laughs> and it has had goosebumps after like the match because like watching them embrace the belts and embrace each other because like this is like real life for them and like they're marks for the business and titles and moments they mean everything to these women and that's why we gravitate towards superstar like this so much because they actually care about the business and like even during the entrance you could see Sasha kind of like when they made their ring they went their way down the ramp and they stopped away with the titles you can kind of see Sasha like trying to hold back tears because she was kind of get, getting emotional bit. and like you talked about earlier I thought the Iconics were excellent in this match like I thought they shined all through their antics like when they eliminated Naomi which I thought was excellent a great way to do it they were so excited they even did struck an iconic pose and then <laughs> I hit on the uh, how they hid from Naomi and Tamina and essentially get squashed like they should I thought that was a big deal and 
I thought they actually told a good story with Sasha and Bailey too. Because remember, Sasha got hurt on Monday night, and Bailey had to go it alone. And the fact that Sasha had to end up, Sasha ended up winning it on her own, I thought it was a big deal. And that was like really good storytelling. And like you said, the titles were the titles are where they needed to be. And after a whole summer and fall of, of crap, they get awarded this, and I'm very happy for that. And like 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 we both said, the titles are where they need to belong. Yeah, I didn't get choked up, but. I, I was very happy for the two of them. And Prep, last note on this match. What did you think of Sasha putting on what almost looked like like an Oma Plata or a Goga Plata to end this match? That was a fire finish. I hope <laughs> she uses that more often. I love that, by the way. Yeah, she couldn't use her arms, so she used a lot. I love that. Yeah, I thought it was a very nice, a very nice touch. Um, and it could have been something she learned from Drew Gulak last month at the Performance Center. When she was preparing for Ronda Rousey, so who knows? Yeah, Drew Gulak's severely underrated. He is. I like Drew Gulak a lot. Uh, from your hometown of Philadelphia, Prep. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is an audio podcast, but I rolled my eyes. <laughs> uh, the Usos won the tag titles back from the co-besties. Uh, was this too soon to change the titles off of the co-besties? I don't know who wants to take it first. Maybe I'll go with you first, Ed, because you're the biggest Shane Mark. Um, I think it kind of makes sense. I I don't like the whole, to an extent, I don't like the whole rematch thing. Um, it definitely felt like you were going to get the heel turn moment. One of the two were going to turn on each other. It's it feels like it's bound to happen after Fastlane. Like, what's the point? Um, I I get it with like Shane and a lot of these part timers that don't compete on TV. But like I would have really liked we get that rare Shane match on SmackDown. Like if you know they wanted the rematch, like they should have went for the titles on SmackDown. Or if they didn't, all right, we'll challenge for the titles next week. I think it's just kind of like wasting those those belts and the Usos right now. The Usos are there just to have another match against Miz and Shane, and then one of them returning on each other. Yeah, prep. Any uh, any feeling at all on on this story? Yeah, they could keep being a tag team till that jersey comes out. Then they could split up. <laughs> so just long enough to for the jersey to be relevant on its release. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah, that's it. They can stop after that. Halo. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. Um, them losing the titles this quickly because the story was always who when when is Miz going to. to try to retain their titles. He really did. He had a great show and showed to Shane as well. And like, like the Miz announcing Maurice getting pregnant was great. And Maurice doing the, <laughs> the, the Shane O'Mac shuffle. And the heel, I, I thought that was funny. But um, as distraught as the Miz was that they lost, that he lost the titles and like he kept beating himself up and the way he came out on SmackDown, I thought it was great. And, he like begged. He's like, I know the rematch and clause don't exist anymore, but I want our rematch for the tag team titles. And then he talked about how his dad's going to be ringside at Fastlane, which is in, also in his hometown. So that's the perfect spot to actually get the Miz heel turn. I don't know if it's going to be during the match or after the match, but that's the perfect spot. And I'm fine with a slow burn with this story because this has probably been the best story they've actually told that's been good on a weekly basis between Miz and Shane. Yeah. Uh, 
And you think that do you guys think they have a match against each other at WrestleMania? Yes. Um. Eck, I know. You, I'm pretty sure you were dying for Finn to win the Royal Rumble. He now has won the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, you're thinking you're mixing me up with six five. I'm hanging out with him oh. too much. <laughs> Maybe. I wanted Seth to win. Seth won. Uh, how do you feel about Finn as the Intercontinental Champion? Um, I'll keep it short and sweet. Aaron was right earlier. The title's making him. It really does nothing for me until uh, the cliche, until he's putting it up for an open challenge, until there's an enticing storyline. It seems like this Leo Rush, Bobby Lashley thing will go away, but then what? He's going to feud with McIntyre. Him and McIntyre had like 17 matches non-title. What, is he going to have a match against Elias? Like I've already seen this. This is why a superstar shakeup is needed. So I, I'm not missing anything with this. Yeah, well, one thing that they changed on Raw, it was supposed to be Ricochet versus Balor instead of that tag match. And Leo Rush did the greatest thing I've seen in a long time. So after the match <laughs> on Instagram, he posted on the Instagram story, hey, Bob, hey Bob if, you, if you see this, call me. <laughs> I don't know if anybody caught that, but I thought that was great. Like they just broke up because he because t- he turned on him after the match. I thought that was great. <laughs> oh, oh, Leo Rush posted it. Yeah, on his yeah, Instagram yeah, story. Okay, 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 yeah, yeah. I did see that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm so disinterested in Finn, and it will like take something interesting to make me really care. Prep, do you care about this at all, or not really? I don't really care too much about it. I was kind of hoping they'd do something weird where Leo Rush came out like the Intercontinental Champion. <laughs> Just because I want to see Finn in that like higher-up picture. But it is what it is. I guess it's cool to see him with some gold around his waist. Yeah, I mean, it's something. Um, anyone have any thoughts on Corbin and Strowman? <laughs> the Raw match was better than the other match. <laughs> But Corbin, like, I get it. You're supposed to be, like, the new big boss man style dude. Stop doing the slide out and slide back in <laughs> thing. He did it, like, four times on Raw. That is, like, the best thing he can do, though. In yeah, slacks and dress shoes? Sick. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It, it, he goes to that well quite a bit. Um, yeah, I have no no thoughts or feelings on it other than it was, like, a thing that happened. That was it. Um, anything from Raw or SmackDown that any of you feel like should be brought up? How'd you let Lacey Evans' entrance and, and go back up the stage? That, like I said, she Eva Marie status. She exudes way better than Eva Marie. At what? Wrestling. She's actually uh, really good. Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen her wrestle. She exudes white lady that needs to speak with your manager more than anyone else. Yeah, because uh, once I see her walk down the ramp and, like, turn away, I was like, oh, my God, passion's right now. That's, like, <laughs> indented in my brain now every time I see her. Yeah, that, that energy that she gives off is perfect. I enjoy it. That's why one of the reasons why I think that they are invested in her because when you see her, you, you kind of know exactly what she is. Um, yeah, because the reports are saying that she's going to be one of the focal points when Ronda leaves after Mania. Yeah, I, th- I think rightfully so. I-, I think she can be an actual character on the show, and I think that's important. Um, the only other thing I really wanted to bring up, 
was, did anyone read the interview that Seth did last week? And where he discussed, like, his exit from the Shield and how he was, like, not prepared to do that and never thought he would be the one to go off on his own like that? Uh, somewhat. I, the one thing I did read was he did a match with Kofi, and Vince wanted him to squ- wanted him to squash Kofi, but he made Kofi. He gave Kofi too much offense, and this was when a taped episode of SmackDown, and Vince made him go back out there and do the match over <laughs> and squash Kofi. I do remember that part. I'm not sure if it's the same interview, but I do remember hearing that. That might have been on Edge and Christian's show. Yeah, I, do I didn't him see that. Interview. I didn't see that, and maybe this was an excerpt from that from that talk show, but uh, I just feel like the fact that he said, I wasn't ready to do it, I never thought I was going to, I wasn't prepared for it, I had to like learn on the job how to be the top heel in the company. To me, I think it makes, we, we all have like revered that run he had for those seven months, nine months, whatever it was. To me, it makes it even more impressive that he like, was not ready to do it, was not comfortable doing it, and excelled the way that he did. I think is he deserves whatever he has coming to him, hopefully uh, on the night of WrestleMania, by being the one to dethrone Brock Lesnar. Um, is he the face of the company coming out of WrestleMania? Please. Got yeah, I don't know anybody else who it would be. Is there any chance that they come out of WrestleMania and Brock is still the champion? I'm done. If that happens, I unsubscribe. I think I would be done, too. I think that would be the last straw for me. Like, I've waited so long for this guy to just not not be here anymore. If they make me go through another month. That'd be be the first week there might not be an episodic episode. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, this would be a a podcast about some other topic, I think, (laughs) if they come out of WrestleMania with him still as the champion. Um, everybody ready for the indie inquiry? One more thing. Oh, Pat, yeah. did you see that uh, Chris Hemsworth is playing Hogan in a biopic on Netflix? I did. <laughs> uh, I don't even really know what to think about it. I mean, I'll tell you one <laughs> thing. Are. Chris Hemsworth is way too handsome to be playing Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yes. Way too much hair. <laughs> way too much hair. Way too handsome. Um... And now I feel like I, I don't want Thor to be mixed up in the Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Way, too char- way too charming. Oh, but yeah. He, th- th- that'll work, though, with the, fa- with the fans. Like, I'm not sure how to – I'm not sure what it's going to be based off of, but I'm interested because I love Chris Hemsworth. Do so. we think that the Hulk Hogan movie will portray wrestling as real? <laughs> because after seeing a, a clip of – this segment between Paige and um, and AJ from Fighting With My Family, I thoroughly believe they are portraying wrestling as real, which I didn't want to see happen. I fear I'm sure they are. And I, I, do you believe that's what they'll do in the Hulk Hogan movie? Because I feel like that's how wrestling is handled in movies, is that it's real. Well, well remember, he's, he's uh, Hulk Hogan, not Terry Bollea, So <laughs> This is true. They're two very different guys. Yes. Uh, I did see it, and I do think he will do a good job at it. You know, whatever is presented with him, I think he'll do well. He's going to bulk up a bit, but. Well, yeah, he's got to grow a little bit, too, probably. Yeah, he's got a lot of of grilled chicken. (laughs) Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see. Um, So the Indie Inquiry, Alo, do you want to 
preview it or prep? Do you want to do it since you're you're here for it this week? So Alo's pick for the indie inquiry was Sam Shaw versus Willie Mack from Pro Wrestling from Hollywood. Yeah, well, championship wrestling from Hollywood for the national title. Yes. Yeah. Who wants to take it first? I'll go first. I love Willie Mack, but Sam Shaw stinks. Yes. He's just not good. (laughs) Yes. He is the jag of all jags, and it does not make sense to me why he just got signed. Signed to where? WWE. Oh, God, really? Oh, I I thought I saw him at the Performance Center. Yeah, Uh, but Willie Mack's awesome. He's just so charismatic. I love the whole, you know, Stone Cold gimmick. Throwing out stunners all over the place. I'm all for that. <laughs> Eck, did you get a chance to watch it? I, I did. Um, I was kind of in and out. Sam Shaw, I kind of, I don't know. I think I just saw a promo. I think I've seen over the last eight months or so different promos he's done. I've never sat down and watched a match. Uh, very boring. I uh, didn't think that was going to be the case. Willie Mack makes up for it. Um, he's very good in comparison to what Aaron said um, about Finn Balor earlier. The Intercontinental Championship is making Finn Balor. Willie Mack is making that belt. I I, I love Willie Mack. He's great. Alo, for or do you want to go last since this was your pick? Um, I'll go now. It's fine. Okay. This is it was my pick, but this is your second. <laughs> All right. So. True. Fair enough. So I grew up prep. Sam Shaw is horrible, but I gotta admit, I did kind of enjoy his promo with the with the drawing of himself with the belt. <laughs> I did kind of laugh at that. I thought it was a little bit funny with the Shawn but, Michaels uh, pose. Yes, I did kind of enjoy that. But uh, well, it wasn't much to the match. Uh, Willie Mac, I-, I picked this march for Marcus over here, <laughs> so he could so he could talk about the NWA since he loves it so much. <laughs> so that was my main reason for picking that. But it was a good match. Yeah, I think Willie Mack is always a fun guy to watch. I always appreciate a guy who does things that you don't expect he could do based on his physique. Like, one of the reasons I love Kevin Owens so much is he does a lot of things. You're like, how could this chubby guy do this? And Willie Mack does a lot of things you wouldn't expect him to be able to do. The only positive I have to say about Sam Shaw is he takes a stunner very much like Razor Ramon used to. Or very much like Scott Hall used to. With the, the, the feet down. Um, and then kind of like the pop back up. But yeah, I thought I think the match was good only because Willie Mack is fun to watch. Which is a, an excellent compliment I could pay a guy that he could, he could have a good match when he's the only good thing about it. You gotta know that he purposely tried to sell it like Scott Hall. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he took inspiration from Scott on the selling of the the stunner. But I feel like I don't know that he gets proper credit for having taken the stunner the way he did. I always appreciated it, and it was funny to see. Like, it was the first thing I thought. I was like, oh, he did it like uh, like Scott Hall used to do. Uh, do we have a pick for next week? So next week, it's on YouTube. But I have a feeling it's going to get pulled off, so I did download it. We're going to be watching (laughs) pre-Bullet Club Kenny Omega versus ACH from BOLA 2014. 
from what I've heard in my in my research on internet wrestling, this was the dawn of Big Match Ken. <laughs> this is where Big Match Ken got his start as Big Match Ken. This is where the nickname originated in this match. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Good. I'm very much looking forward to seeing this because, as you know, my favorite wrestler, Big Match Ken Omega. <laughs> Oh, uh, by the way, Pat, I have an update on you with Jungle Girl. Okay. <laughs> the greatest name in the history of pro wrestling, Jungle Girl. Especially the way it's spelled, too. It's so perfect. It's just G-R-R-L, right? Yeah, yeah like Gur, yeah. So good. So, uh, uh, Santana Garrett vacated the WOW title to, to take care of her father. So, Tessa Blanchard ended up winning the WOW title on this past week's episode of WOW. She won it? Yes. Ju- congratulations to Jungle Girl. No, Tessa. Oh, Tessa. Okay. Well, then when do- when does does Jungle Girl get an immediate rematch? <laughs> I don't know. Yet. Does she have a rematch clause? <laughs> I'm not sure. If she doesn't, I will fight to get Jungle Girl a rematch for that title. <laughs> um, then congratulations to Tessa Blanchard. I got too amped up to say Jungle Girl again. Um, speaking of congratulations, congratulations are in order as. Patrick Clark, a.k.a. the Velveteen Dream, is officially the, what is it, the North American champion on NXT. Uh, I actually watched the match before we got on here. Um, Very happy for that kid. He has done unbelievable work. He has come such a long way. And I always respect someone who could do a picture-perfect top rope elbow drop with either arm. So... Patrick Clark, a.k.a. the Velveteen Dream, congratulations. The first title of many to come, I believe. Yeah. The only, the only, the only, the only man I trust with braids in 2019. <laughs> <Brent>. <laughs> Has anybody seen the road to double or nothing from this week? No, I haven't. I saw this week's. The one that just dropped, right? Y- yes. You guys got to see this. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch it yet. Cody is on another level. As far as, like, his performing abilities? Performing acting. His acting. Like, at the end, his acting. You had to see his face when he... They show a clip of him seeing the Chris Jericho video. (laughs) Jericho's promo, like, hyping up the, the sellout. So good, Pash. You got to see it. I will. I actually had notes for being the elite two weeks ago that I think I forgot to bring up. But like the main point I wanted to hit on that week was how like the the sense of like timing and comedic timing these guys have is such a huge part of what makes them so fun to watch. So like you guys talking about Cody's performance ability, it is it really is very impressive, and I think. To me, that is one of the main reasons why I think whatever it is they end up doing with AEW is going to be successful because they are very good performers, and that's what you need. So I'm happy yes. to hear that that's what a big part of what was good about this this particular episode was. Um, are we ready for listener questions? Yep. Hit it. Yeah, we only got one this week because we hit on – his earlier question. So, speaking of Cody Donovan, the lowdown Lloyd, no relation. He asks, "Who do you think Kobe, Cody's opponent for Double or Nothing is going to be?" 
Um, I'm going to chime in on that first. I don't. Yeah, I should have mentioned this when prep uh, said this. I didn't take a, a lot, a lot away from a lot of good. Not that it was bad. Like there wasn't nothing that really stuck out from this week's episode of Being the Elite. But there's a clip I think on it's either All Elite Wrestling's page or Brandy's. But it's like Brandy and Cody talking in their house. And again, this might have been Being the Elite, and I just missed it. Oh no, that that was a. Uh... Double or nothing last, from last, last week, week. Double or nothing. Okay. All right. That's why I didn't see it. So she she pulls up a, a flyer and it's got like a censored face of who he's facing. Um, I am so clueless with it because you, you almost get the tease that he wants a match with Jericho with the thing that Prep was just talking about. Um, I, I to my knowledge, there's nothing noted about somebody not being in WWE like soon enough that they can speak about it. So I, I don't know. I, I wish I had a guess. Yeah, the guess. only clue is that it's personal. So they know who it is already. Allegedly. Yeah. And it's yeah, so personal? Man's in crutches. He's already booking his match and hyping it up. Is it is Xavier it? Woods because of Cody stealing Xavier's girlfriend back when they were in high school? <sighs> Have you guys uh, heard that story or no? I, I have heard that story. But so it, my favorite thing about it is Cody was like the the top wrestler in the area and Xavier went up a weight class to face Cody and he gave him a tough match, but Cody won. So Xavier talks about that, how like I lost to this guy and he shows up at this bowling alley with this girl that he had been in love with forever and or maybe the girl was there. Xavier shows up and basically he portrays it as Cody like flexed on him as soon as he got there like kissed the girl right in front of him bowled a strike right after (laughs) (laughs) and Cody is like Cody is like that did not happen that way there's no way he's like I was not that cool in high school that I would have been acting that way but he basically made it out like he was I'm dating myself but he made it out like Cody was Fonzie or something like that I always thought that was hysterical that they had this like weird history with each other that Xavier definitely remembers and that Cody very well may not remember at all. I always thought that was hysterical. I think that was Jericho's podcast. Yeah. I'm going to say Xavier Woods or R-Truth. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no clue because it kind of has to be somebody that's not around, well, not signed to AEW yet, but personal... I don't know. Like, I almost want to say it's going to be Nick Aldis because they both beat each other one time. Here's the rubber match. But then it's like, that's, is that too easy? Uh, uh, like, why leave that a mystery? It makes sense, but it has to be somebody that's not signed right now. And personal, it's like, I don't really know. Quarter really has like any, like, he feuds with that's like, like is it going to be, when's Marty's Ring of Honor contract up? Maybe it's Marty. April. His contract's up in April? Allegedly. Dean Ambrose. I wish. Don't tease <laughs> What's personal about that, though? I don't know. <laughs> Renee and Brandy smacked each other once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Alvis thing, I, I can buy that. But for it to be blurred out, I, that just – I think it's bigger than that. Like, my only other guess, this might not be a big deal, but – Maybe gold dust. I think that is a big deal, though. But, but WWE would have ruined it. Yeah, I, I'm not sure his status. 
WWE would have ruined it. Yeah, I'm not sure his status with, with WWE, so. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess am, I was trying the best best. I unfortunately have nothing legitimate that I could add to this uh, to this conversation. Yeah, I feel, I feel like Goldust is like almost too easy, but obviously it would be Dustin. I don't know. I guess it... I guess that would make sense. I just don't. I don't. For, I don't foresee it being anyone in WWE, unless yeah. some, unless there's someone's contract that's up. I mean, yeah, I don't think up, so either. And, it's, I don't think it's a WWE guy either. But uh, it, yeah, it's Donovan up in the stumped air. us here. Nobody's got a real answer. Yeah, because Goldus. Yeah, Goldus is still listed on the active roster, so I don't think it's going to be him. But I have no clue. Well, Donovan, thank you for the question. Do we know when that's going to be announced? Have they, like, teased when it will be announced or not really? No, no but he did – they did also announce um, on this week's episode that there's going to be another over-the-budget uh, battle royal similar to All In. Yeah, they booked the guy from the U.K., something Sabian, and then the – I'm sorry, I don't want to ruin this, but uh, – to be PC, but the guy or girl, Sunny Kiss, mm-hmm. they're uh, they're going to be in there too. Okay, so we which have if you've never seen if you've never seen Sunny Kiss, it's ridiculous. Super <laughs> athletic, like flamboyant, really good wrestler. I've seen like clips here and there on like Twitter, and that's about it. Um, I heard they were in serious talks to book me for that battle royal. Uh, like it's the over the budget battle royal, but I don't even know if they have enough funds. Like last time, they said they sold like the turnbuckles and stuff to pay for that battle royal. I don't think there's enough turnbuckles in the building to pay for you. No, I mean there's <laughs> there's what twelve? There's twelve in the ring. I'm sure they have a few replacements. It would probably cost them at least double, twice as many turnbuckles as that. <laughs> it is it is double or nothing. So ropes. <laughs> It's amazing how you could just sign a turnbuckle and sell it for almost over a thousand dollars. That's so amazing. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I wish I would have bought a turnbuckle like the plain ones. Mm-hmm. That's amazing to me. Yeah, it is. Um, well, it's an amazing think... hobby we chose to be fans of. <laughs> I don't own any turnbuckles. I'm not. I'm not diving into that. <laughs> I'm not diving. <laughs> not dipping your toe yeah. into that. Nope. I'll buy the turnbuckle and keep the bag. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't imagine to the first time um, you're watching a show at preps and he falls asleep and his head's are in the turnbuckle. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. I'm about um, to fall asleep right now. <laughs> oh, my God. One of my favorite moments in the history of this podcast was watching you on Skype fall asleep <laughs> as I was asking you a question. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I didn't listen back because I was embarrassed. <laughs> you shouldn't have been. Only a second prep. You shouldn't have been. Um, I wish you could have just watched it. To me, it was like it was truly like a highlight reel moment. Um, but I think that's it. I don't have anything else really to add. Alo, do you want to mention something I know that you mentioned to me earlier today, or do you want to hold off on that for now? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, so to make uh, March Madness a little bit fun – I had an idea that uh, 
we could do it a little bit differently. This this year we do with WrestleMania matches. So, Pash, there's there's four regions in a bracket, right? Yeah. Okay, so my idea was to take the Golden Era and the New Generation in one bracket, Attitude Era in another bracket, Ruthless Aggression Era in another bracket, and then the Reality Era in a, in a bracket. And then those all regions go head-to-head, and then you crown the winner for the best WrestleMania match of all time. I think it's a fun way to do it. It's a different way to do it. We'll have to start doing some research on it, I'm sure. Well, well, well in reality, like, at a certain point, like, you could name 64 WrestleMania matches of the best ones. You had 34, 34 to pick from. It's, it's possible. It's just the fact that, especially, like, this, this is why I got the golden era and the new generation in one period. You have 13 to go off of. It adds to error. You can just, that, that'll go off quick and so on with the other errors as well. Yeah, it's just something we got to we have to put a bracket together and I think it'll be a fun it'll be a fun way to do it. It'll be a little different than the way we've done it in years past cuz I figure for the most part we seem to come down to like the same four guys every year. Yeah. <laughs> Unless one of us goes out of our way to keep somebody out like I infamously did with Shawn Michaels the first year. I had Roman Reigns. <laughs> had Roman Reigns knock out HBK in the first round. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, and um I'm not sure where you guys stand, but I talked to Patch about this earlier. Uh, somewhat throwback roller WrestleMania is somewhat going to return. I plan on reaching out to a few listeners and seeing if they want to come on with me. And if you guys want to do it at the same time with the with the listeners, just tell me. But I plan on reaching out to a few listeners to do to do at least two throwbacks, and then we'll, of course we'll all have our own together. But that was an idea. I plan to do at least two to three. I, I want to do at least three. Yeah, I would say the, the four of us, I want us to do, to do one. So if you guys want to start kicking around an idea of which WrestleMania you want the four of us to do. Yeah, you guys could pick that. I'll leave that, I'll leave that to you guys. And uh, the other two, I'll, I'll let whoever I do that with, I'll let them try to come up with an idea of what they want to do. But I'll, I'm personally going to reach out. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want any DMs. I'm reaching out, okay? So that's that's the idea that I have. Well, yeah, hopefully hopefully somebody or a few people have a WrestleMania they'd like to talk about. Uh, I guess that is the show. Joel Embiid, you're taking a week off uh, because of some knee issues. So if you'd like to trust the process on Matt Madness, uh, we have a chair open for you. LeBron, I know things are a little dicey between you and Alo right now, but I will make the throne available if you'd like to be on the show. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Check out your boy Elroy every Friday. I know a new one will be dropping this Friday. From what I hear, the rumor is, I heard from Dave Meltzer, the the, the show seemed to go really well this week. Um, but I guess that's it. Subscribe on iTunes, five-star ratings and reviews. Alo, would you like to move some merch? Yes. What a maneuver.net to embrace the max. All right. So for Ek2Fly, Eric Trimbicki. For Preptagon Jr., Josh Prep Igina. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery Jr., and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. 
Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the bitch, man. It ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.